in? Are we going? Yes, we are going. This is episode 18 of Inherently Human. And uh, we are in a different space than we normally are right now. We're in effectively a bona fide studio uh, with each of us having our own microphones and we each have a set of headsets, and that's all brand new because everything that we have been doing prior to now has been on a little tape recorder with one mic, and we would secure a room, a study room at the library at Portland State, and record there. This is, in effect, a studio, so we're having to learn the new space and trying to still focus on ourselves in some sort of conversation. Speaking of equipment, oh, I'm, am I there? <laughs> am I in it? Okay. Aiden's trying. <laughs> Aiden is... <laughs> DeBoard, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, everyone. Um, this is the first time I've ever done anything remotely this professional um, in any capacity. Speaking of which, how do I turn my headphones down? You're very loud. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Whereas well. there's so many knobs and buttons and ooh, oh okay oh, now that, what did that do to you that was that was good okay i think that did it all right is it is it still we're all we're all working very hard very dil- diligently um now that we're on spotify we're trying our mm-hmm. best to be as uh as professional as possible with the space that we use and what we're trying to say and what we're trying to convey and i think uh from here on out we're going to have a very interesting time communicating with y'all about uh how this is going to work and how things will change because of it i uh was talking to haley at the pool haley being another lifeguard and a friend and actually a fan of the show and she said that it's much easier for her to listen to us uh because of spotify Um, oh yeah absolutely yeah she can go from device to device Without fear of somehow losing um, her place and where she's listening to it. Uh, Because before this, we only had YouTube, and just after that, we had iTunes or Apple Music. Is there there a difference between them? No. Okay, there isn't. All right, that's what I thought. Um, And now that we've hit Spotify, I think it's... uh, We've really hit peak here, and now we're we're setting off for success. Right. Or at least I'd hope so. And I subscribed to a podcast journal. That's what it's called, the podcast journal. And when I got one of the first newsletters, it asked the question, what's your superpower? Ooh, what is your superpower, Jim? What well, do you got here? They were asking in terms of the podcast. You know. Oh. <laughs> so what's our podcast superpower? I would like to say that I think it's honesty. I think that we strive to even be willing to appear emotionally naked and say what's on our mind. And if we have any real way to connect with the audience because we're not experts. Oh no, not in, in anything, anything really. We're not, uh, but we 
have, I think, I think that's true of you for sure. And I think it's true <laughs> for me too, that we're willing to tell the truth about ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I just believe that people like that because vulnerability is something that perhaps there isn't really enough of in the world. Being vulnerable makes you human. Yeah. Um, because there's no such thing as someone who's absolutely flawless in every way, shape, and form that is not vulnerable to some capacity of human life, which in turn makes us inherently human. <laughs> yeah, which happens to be the name of the podcast. Did we actually give the name? I guess, did I, we? We were so enthralled with new technology that I don't think we mentioned anything about it. Uh um. If we didn't, here we go. Uh, I'm Aiden DeBoard. Jim Newman. This is Inherently Human, episode 18. Right. Um, I'm 20. And I'm 72. That's kind of the gimmick here. <laughs> That's our shtick. Uh, yeah, that we're sort of talking <laughs> over a, rel- not relatively, actually a, a sincerely huge. deep chasm in terms of age between the two of us. Yeah. And so far, well, one, it's delighted me and it's surprised me because, you know, I don't, I I do not believe I actually harbored some kind of horrible bias (laughs) against (laughs) 20 year olds. You know, my God, I wish I was one. Uh, But I did not understand uh, that there'd be the possibility of, I guess, sufficiently shared experience would allow two people of such a varied age. I mean, that's 52 years <laughs> that that uh, we can communicate, I think, as deeply as we do. It's, it's remarkable. There are a lot of people, even within my, you know, 18 to 25 yeah. age range where I can't connect to on any level. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, I'm still going to college. I'm, I just got out of class before I came here. Right. Um, and I was sitting in the halls waiting for my class to start. And I'm watching all these, these freshmen, sophomore, you know, whoever walk amongst the halls after they got out of their classes and looking at them, I could tell just by seeing how they walked, who they were, that I would have nothing in common with these people. Yet here we are, 52 years in generational age, and it's it's flawless. There is no uh, friction between the conversation that we have and the topics that we jump to and from. Yeah, and we're kind of both hungry to... Always hungry. <laughs> but I'm saying emotionally hungry to express ourselves publicly i guess i mean i wouldn't have pinned that on me before but really i <laughs> well okay i mean I pro- <laughs> look i'm not saying i'm the best at self-examination here right but um i have found that i've enjoyed the possibility that other people can listen in to what we're saying <laughs> To each other, and I think in some way confessing on Mike some of my deepest emotional 
thoughts or concerns or vulnerabilities that um, in um, in doing so, that exposure, uh, maybe I think of it as healing. Healing from? Well, just the, look, um, I've been reading a lot lately uh, in terms of some self-help books and I've been looking on YouTube at various psychologists mm-hmm. and trauma be it from war or childhood or even an auto accident those kinds of experiences that add up to trauma get recorded in the body in some way okay and in the physical body yeah, in the mind just actually, in every in the body yes yeah. and one way to begin to release such tensions mm-hmm. which can be in fact debilitating to people one way to release that is through discussion okay yeah and opening up and it's almost like when one who is talking in emotional truth about their, in my case, my own vulnerabilities, that I hear myself talking about them and I start to understand them better. Plus, the other person that's listening is now, because I chose somebody who I thought was supportive, they can then prove they are supportive and you have a friend that in some way can help you, can help me through my problems. And I think psychology today, based on the research they do in laboratories and stuff like that, is finding that that's true. Yeah. Uh, The social companionship of humans has been... Uh, widely regarded as one of the best ways to heal. Um, There are a lot of people who would probably disagree with the fact that having people around and talking about your problems and having just someone listen to you would do much for how someone feels on the inside and Mm -hmm. the, the scars that the body has accumulated over years and years of, you know, living. Um, I lost my train of thought on that. Ultimately, the best thing that you can have uh, if you're trying to heal from really anything is to just have a friend to support you. Um, And whether or not that friend is just someone who can sit there and listen to what you're saying and validate what you're saying or give any kind of insight is something that we can do as people to heal the best we can. One time I was talking to Haley, the lifeguard, who is a fan of the show, and she said that she... was she, a guest, too. Yeah, she was a guest, yeah. <laughs> she, um, and we need more guests. Yes. Uh, please send us your guests. I think that is kind of important. I mean, I like the way it went when we did have Willis and Haley on. But Haley said that one of her favorite podcast was when you were talking about happiness and how to achieve happiness it's funny okay just real not to interrupt or interject but (laughs) that episode when my family has listened to the podcast the one where i'm talking about happiness has been their least favorite whoa yeah they said it was quote unquote too depressing 
Really? Yeah. I guess I was kind of cynical about happiness for a while. I still hold true to that philosophy that not that happiness doesn't exist, but it's, it can be better described in more specific ways. They weren't, they weren't totally into that, but I really appreciate how Haley likes it. Hmm. Uh, Could you recap uh, what you said that they found depressing? So to kind of recap my thoughts on happiness, I personally don't believe that happiness exists in a way because happiness in assumes permanence. Happiness is the peak pinnacle of human emotion where everything is wrong because there's always something in human nature that is going to be negative in some capacity. Um, and so to say that you're happy is to be almost ignorant to the other emotions that surround you. Um, and so you can take happiness and then break it down into smaller, more specific emotions that better attain how you feel. Um, so am I, and I think I actually used this exact, uh, example on the first or the second episode is if I got a promotion at work, am I happy? Probably not because I know that promotion is going to come with more work, but I'm excited for the future. Um, I'm enthralled when, uh, something happens to me. That's a positive emotion but i don't think that happiness occurs and that's because um it leaves you vulnerable then to being cut off uh at the knees in the future kind of some horrible event that wouldn't have occurred if the positive event hadn't happened in the first place is that sort of it a little bit it's uh let me try to gather my thoughts here um Oh, keep okay. <laughs> um, okay, <laughs> Jim, just out—he's gone. <laughs> Mayday! Yeah, I've been left with all this fancy, fancy equipment to uh, my own. Don't. Okay, he's back. I have my. I, I have back. my. I am back. And the my guide. I left the room <laughs> is because I've been reading a book. Yeah. And save me from this, I, please. I don't know. I mean, it seems like what you are uh, talking about is oh, addressed in a book by a woman called Brene Brown, and it's called Daring Greatly. Yeah. And I've been going through it, and I've been coming up with highlights. You know, I just highlighted in yellow like I'm in study class of some sort. And it sort of speaks to um, the risks of being alive and the, the flow of things that happen. And typically, we think of love as one of the best things that could ever happen to a person. Okay. Uh, but we fear it. Absolutely. The greatest risk holds the greatest reward. Yeah, and this, I think, pertains to what you're saying about happiness. I'm quoting now from the book. It says, and she's saying this, I define vulnerability as uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure. With that definition in mind, let's think about love. 
waking up every day and loving someone who may or may not love us back, whose safety we can't ensure, who may stay in our lives or more leave, or may leave without a moment's notice, who may be loyal to the day they die or betray us tomorrow. That's vulnerability. Love is uncertain. It's incredibly risky. And loving someone leaves us emotionally exposed. Yes, it's scary. And yes, we're open to being hurt. But can you imagine your life without loving or being loved? So. That's, uh, that's heavy, actually. I've never quite thought of emotion in that capacity as vulnerability. Um, I think we're in a time where, you know, where there's toxic masculinity and all these different social issues that are going around. We're afraid to be vulnerable. Yeah. Um, and then a lot of people claim that people are too vulnerable. And so vulnerability very much relies on context of the person, who they are and where they are in their lives and how they've been shaped to be the way that they are. Um, vulnerability and bravery, I believe, uh, can go hand in hand. I think there. I think in order. Well, that's kind of what her title says: daring greatly. Right. To be vulnerable, you also have to be brave. brave. Yeah. And in that sense, and in terms of what you're saying about happiness. It's almost like if you choose to accept happy moments, mm -hmm. then you're also facing the possibility of a cliff right in front of you. Right. And you're going to go into the depths mm -hmm. of suffering, potentially. And that's the downside of happiness that you seem to be talking about. Yes and no. Okay. Um. To assume that there is no happiness is also to assume that there is no unhappiness because there's no black without white. Right. Um, and so everything that I'm thinking of falls within the gray category at all. Um, and so within this gray, you can identify different ways of emotion and being specific as possible depending on the context. So... Um, Am I being vulnerable for being excited? Am I being vulnerable for being angry at something? Am I being vulnerable for any other X amount of emotions? Or am I being vulnerable by being happy? Um, because if I'm excited about something, that'll eventually die down. If I'm happy and then all of a sudden something bad happens, that automatically assumes that I'm unhappy mm -hmm. rather than... I can still be excited for something, but I'm also going to be kind of pissed off that this person cut me off in traffic. But I'm excited that I'm going to the show. Right. But fuck that guy. But you're you're not saying that there's an automatic downside. Then you're saying that the downside, I guess, is implied because kind of like what I was saying, the black and the white. Um, if it's not black then it's white, right? 
or vice versa in some capacity. If you're not happy, then you are automatically unhappy unless you decide to do away with the extreme ends and then focus on what's in the middle. Focus on the other emotions that kind of make up what we define as happiness. And that's the other part that's kind of difficult to discuss is how do you define happiness? Do you define happiness as being something full of positive emotions where it's nothing but pure euphoria all the time where there's nothing that can go wrong? Or do you define happiness as the little moments that matter to you? Do you define happiness as being with someone, that social connection? There's, It's so broad that doing away with it entirely allows you to become more specific and therefore communication can become more effective you're saying uh if you reject the idea of happiness totally i agree that you can't be happy all the time because Mm -hmm. to me that starts to sound like mania i mean that sounds that starts sounding a little crazy crazy yeah because you're ignorant to everything else around you but i'm still unclear if you're saying that that there's still a negative associated with happiness occasional happiness you get a letter of acceptance to the university you want let's say and after you open the letter well i mean you could you'd agree right that you could define that acceptance and this opening to your future as happiness yes well i open a letter well that's the thing you can yeah. If that's within your definition and contextual definition of your happiness. Mm-hmm. In my head, I'm not happy. But point. rather, I'm excited that something new is going to happen. I'm anxious to see what the future has in store. I'm, I don't know, I'm not very great with vocabulary right now. My brain has been fried from class. So yes. um, I'm a whole range of emotion you know i'm i'm feeling so many things because as a human there's millions of different emotions that we feel right and to just say it's because i'm happy feels a little eh. you're you're summing up something that is so complex into one single word that it's hard for anyone to grasp it it's I actually haven't thought about this in since that episode. Oh, if I'm gonna okay. if I'm gonna be okay. completely honest, yeah. I have not thought about this concept since we recorded that. Um just because obviously I don't nobody asks me about it. Um but happiness can be let's see, can be similar to infinity. You know? We talked about infinity in the last episode. Uh, and there's ups and downs to everything. Infinity is a concept that is ungraspable by the human mind. So happiness is equivalent, uh, happiness and unhappiness is equivalent to infinity and the negative infinity, if you will. There are two extreme ends that are completely ungraspable within 
the human intellect. Perfect happiness. Exactly. Perfect, maybe even eternal happiness. Because how would you personally define infinity? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's beyond the scope of vocabulary uh, because I don't think humans really can grasp the concept in any real sense except to say it's endless and that's dot 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 after that <laughs> because right it's like yeah endless but what does that mean it's like well there's no i don't know end right like yeah, it's, it's no end <laughs> so are you saying happiness is equivalent to that in some way undefinable because Absolutely. we are like a soup of emotion we all are mm -hmm. and so happiness can't be teased out because it's always influenced by shades of gray and i don't know various doubts or um i don't know limitations of a person's intellect or their body somehow well I'm thinking of the term or the, the saying, one man's trash is another man's treasure. Mm -hmm. um, so we see people, psychopaths or something like that, people who take joy from other people's pain. Yeah. You know, so what causes one person what would be assumed unhappiness is causing someone else's happiness. Therefore, they're definitions of happiness are different you know um and so one of those people is one side of infinity the other one is infinity um and it just it can't be explained it can't be put into the scope of context that can be understood universally by everyone happiness is something that is very difficult under anybody's Right, but your only requirement really is to define it for yourself. Isn't that true? I mean, for you, Aiden. Yes. What's happiness? Or are you saying that it's based on your emotional makeup or your experiences or the complexity of your mind that you... You're really stumping me with this. I... <laughs> well... <laughs> putting my brain through the ringer right now. I know. Maybe that. <laughs> but way too heavy, I don't know. No, you're asking... These are good questions. They're, they're things I absolutely should be thinking about. Once again, we aren't experts in anything. No, we're not. I'm pulling a whole lot of this out of my ass right now, trying my absolute damnedest. So thank you, everyone, who's stuck around this far to listen to me ramble. Um... But I got to say, that's one thing I like about you. <laughs> you just named your confusion about yeah, I mean, your own feelings about that. And that's what I said about honesty. <laughs> it all comes back. We're all honest about how clueless we are at everything. Yeah. Um, I might get a lot of flack for my thoughts on happiness, and that's fair but in the end that's all about what being vulnerable is mm -hmm. um it's you know saying something that isn't right but it's an opinion so fuck whoever thinks otherwise um 
No, that's wrong. No, dude. <laughs> I mean, you, you have a right to say that. All right. I mean, because you're standing up for yourself, I think. Yeah? Yes. All right. I'll take that. I'll, okay. I'll, I might not be an expert in happiness. Yeah. I'm absolutely no therapist. I'm not a psychiatrist. Right. I don't understand the full scope of human emotion uh-huh. like most people might. But oh, hell no. no, does nobody no, understand no. the scope of emotion? No. I'm not alone. Uh-uh. Okay. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> but it is my theory, and this helps me be someone who I like to be in some capacity, that if there is no happiness, then I can assume there's no unhappiness, and that allows me to further identify how I feel as a person, how other people might feel surrounding me without simply generalizing it with they are happy Mm -hmm. or whatever. You know, it's that person is excited that this is happening. That person is going to be very sad when they hear about whatever news is happening. That person you know, you, the list goes on and on. I can't think of any examples because, once again, I am dead. I it it's it's rough for me right now. This this space is <laughs> there's a lot of things going on in my head right now. Right, I can't get them all into one one little space. But in a way, uh, uh, and I don't think I'm wrong about this. I think I am tracking you. You're saying that because. Of the complexity, simply the complexity of being a human, when you look at someone mm-hmm. and you're registering for yourself what you think they're feeling, yeah, you leave a space for what you don't know. And you're saying they look like they're very happy right now, but I don't know their whole story. Right. There's always something deeper within it. Yeah. See, this is why I do the podcast with you, because you can interpret all this nonsense that <laughs> I'm trying to... It's just not nonsense, man. <laughs> You're being honest. It's honesty. On it, not, uh, I'm trying to mix the word nonsense and honesty, and it's not. <laughs> it's not coming to me at all. Nonsense? Well, maybe we can do it out another show. We can <laughs> come up with new words, because, you know, the English language... I was in acting class. Actually, it's only a private lesson. And I love the teacher because he's hypercritical of me. Oh. Yeah. And so he had me reciting something from Arthur Miller's Death of a Salesman. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure I could come up with it right now. But he was telling me that I needed to relax. Uh, through this monologue, which is the character Willie Loman talking about success. And he says something about, not a penny to his name, and he's got three great universities begging for him. And from there, the sky's the limit. You know, that's how he's talking about his son. Mm-hmm. So I recite the entire monologue to the best of my ability, and Michael Mendelssohn, the teacher, then says, how do you feel about what you just did? Yeah. 
And? Well, what I said to him, and I wasn't trying to be a smartass, I said, I am trying to translate my feelings into the English language. Yeah. Because I felt something, but it was a lot more like electrical vibrations running through my nervous system. It didn't feel to me, maybe because it's unfamiliar, because I don't do a lot of acting. It was just plain unfamiliar sensation to me. I couldn't give it a label in English right away. Mm -hmm. I mean, I could say, oh, I feel pretty good about it. Were you happy about it? <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's what you're saying. I mean, that, look, God bless humans. We are, oh, uh, products of sensation, products of circumstance, products of a headache or low blood sugar on a given day. we got so many things going on, and we're all mortal. I mean, a bus could hit us on Red. the way home. Yeah. You want to be happy? What about that bus? <laughs> Looking around. Is that bus happy? the corner. <laughs> we don't know, you know? And so um, trying to communicate on the most intimate level, as I was really trying to do with that teacher, because I respect him a lot. Yeah. I was really trying to answer his question, and... I don't know, but he was a little puzzled by my silence when he said, how do you feel? I don't know. Maybe most people come up with an answer. I, right. I'm not sure. If you are able to come up with an answer right after doing something like that, yeah, then I don't know. Maybe you're too in touch with your emotions. Or maybe you're fucking lying. <laughs> yeah. You're not being honest. It's all about honesty. <laughs> Possibly. I don't know, man. I'm fairly, I've learned I'm fairly secure in myself because this guy, this teacher, sort of has a great way of cutting me down to size in ways that I think I need to be cut down to size. Putting you in your place? Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, I had a history where I did a lot of announcing, mm -hmm. you know, and that's different, turns out, than acting. If you're just working on a mic and you're reading a script, you have certain ways that it works for you to use your voice, like you talk like this, you know, and it has power. Okay, yeah. In a certain circumstance, it does. So... If you're trying to play Willie Loman, on the other hand, or you're trying to be on a stage, then uh, that's not going to fly because Willie Loman isn't an announcer, okay? So in other words, you have to relax your body and you have to find yourself, is what he's telling me. This is what the teacher's telling me. Mm -hmm. So he laid me down on the floor, laid me down on the floor of this private acting room at the artist repertory theater on Morrison okay. in Portland. And he said, now I want you to recite, and this is from Julius Caesar, Mark Antony's funeral address. 
which goes, friends, Romans, countrymen, lend me your ears. I come to bury Caesar, not to praise him. It's, I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but uh, I know it fairly well. But he said, you're trying too hard. Your muscles are too tight. Yeah. You're just not being real with the copy. Not the copy, the, the, the feeling of the character. You're not reflecting Mark Antony's sorrow at the death of Caesar. And then there are political ramifications. Michael Mendelssohn is totally explaining the play to me. You know, and that's, I just love that. He's like a scientist. He's doing all this for me. But now I'm lying on the floor and he says, recite it. And he says, now relax, really relax. And then he grabs my head and he says, let your head go. It's like, well, um, you okay? He says, you're not letting your head go. And I'm trying to somehow, now it's about whether I can relax my neck enough to let him hold your head. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, well, boy, we're getting really down into the meat of it, literally, in a way. And then he started massaging my shoulders and chest. And by God, he did a great job. <laughs> you know, and he gave me the name of his massage therapist. So, but I mean, if you get down to it, yes. Acting is a specialized pursuit, no question. Mm -hmm. But I think the takeaway for anyone is that our physical condition, uh, our emotional circumstance to some extent is based on how tight our muscles are, on how Tense. capable of relaxing we are, yeah. How we breathe, oh. you know? These are all parts of... Being, theoretically, the best human being you can be. Maybe. I put the maybe in there because... You, you aren't an expert. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, man. That's that's a lot. I The more you say about how tense someone is and when they talk, the more I realized how stiff my shoulders are. Yeah. Um, I think that... Wow. Um. Recently, and this is actually very similar, um, recently I had a friend of mine, and I was over with my buddy Willis and another friend at his house, and what she wanted to do was that she wanted to come in and film me, my buddy Willis, and my buddy Joe mm -hmm. just hanging out naturally. On, and, a, on an actual camera or on mm -hmm. an iPhone? On a camera. On a camera. Okay. Full camera and... She had someone Sound. come with her with the mic and everything. It was very, it was very intense. High production <laughs> values. Yeah. Um, and all we did for the entire, I want to say she was filming us for like 45 minutes to an hour. And the only thing we did was get stoned and play Super Smash Bros. And that's a video, video game. game. Yeah. And I was so relaxed when I was doing that. And then she showed us the final 90 second product after 45 minutes of filming. And it's, it's very, I'll show it to you after this, but <clears throat> being that relaxed, doing something that doesn't make me tense up and try to be something that I'm not 
allowed me to act as naturally as possible in this situation and create something that is actually really good. Uh, the creator, her name's Hannah. Um, she did a spectacular job with uh, filming and editing it together. It looks fantastic. And watching it, watching myself and my friends with me in this video, it's very interesting to see how being loose and being relaxed can change how someone is, you know, Behaving. existing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so kind of going back to our last episode where we're talking about, you know, big universe, little problems. Maybe if everyone just chilled the fuck out for a second, we might be able to coexist. Yeah. But you yourself and, defining the uh, infinite circumstances that any given individual might face that you don't face, you can understand how impossible that is. Yep, absolutely. It's just not going to happen. I mean, we all are burdened with the obligation of somehow finding a way through <laughs> this mess of our lives Um Afflicted with whatever the world has in store for us. Yeah, the, yeah. the, the burden that we ourselves will face, whether it's a failure somehow of our body, um, whether there's uh, a mental issue. I mean, any, and that's kind of the horror and the challenge and maybe the glory of being a human uh, is that Essentially, we all face that alone, but we can mitigate that pain or that burden or that struggle by being as honest about it as we can be. As vulnerable yeah. to the notion of it all. And inviting other people in to share at least our emotional response to whatever it is that we as individuals face. You have to be arguably pretty relaxed to be vulnerable. Yeah. Because then you're you're breaking down all these barriers that you've set up, the instinctual caution that people have when, you know, they're not relaxed, when they're really tense. So dropping all of that, really letting it go, becoming vulnerable to anything outside of that, I mean, that takes a lot to do. And so whether you've faced that alone in your own life or if you have, you know, something like what we've got, a podcast to talk about it, so long as you're honest to yourself and those around you, that's going to be the best way to – and, you know, I'm not going to say that's the best way to live your life. Um, I'm going to say to my experience that being honest to myself and those around me have – has – allowed me to be more accepting of myself. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, if I tell myself, you know, this is how it is. And this is, I'm not, I can't be lying to you because I can't be lying to myself. Right. Um, then it allows me to become vulnerable and allow for whatever's happening to happen. And then I can get right back on it after it. And you're not embarrassed to tell other people this is what's happening. In I mean, theory. 
in theory, telling other people, there are some things that, you know, most people won't tell anybody, well. you know, take with them to the grave. But <laughs> who knows what that will do to a person? I don't. They'll gnaw them out <laughs> from the inside. Yeah, that sounds about right. In theory. We're, we're not experts. No. <laughs> but yeah. notice the time. I, I noticed the time. I hope everyone else notices the time. Um, well, this has been a, uh interesting first professional episode. I think we've covered a lot of great topics, um, really going back to things that we've pretended to know and uh, trying to make up things as fast as we can, or at least I know that's what I've been trying to well, do. Well, and trying to share in real time whatever it is that's on the top of our heads. Yeah. Uh, and therein is where the honesty arises in theory. And so I think that's what we've done. Um, and that's what we try to do every time. There are 500,000 different podcasts. We are a diamond in a haystack. I thought of that as a great motto for us. A diamond in a haystack, right? Or not. Isn't diamond in the rough the same thing? Now you're just mixing two things. I'm mixing metaphors, (laughs) sure. It's a shitty motto, I agree. Anyway. We'll we'll put it up there anyways. Right. We'll, we'll see what uh, happens. We'll with it. we'll see if it sticks. <laughs> we'll we'll hold a, a motto contest. All How right. about that? Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm Aiden DeBoard. Jim Newman is my name. And this has been inherently human. Stay honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I concur. All right. <laughs>